As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh what the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. I'm Chris Cook. Here with me, as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. We're back after a almost a three month hiatus. We've been away from the podcasting game. Uh, sports came back. Um, as for me, I've been pretty busy personal life wise, so that's partially the reason why we haven't recorded. And mostly also because who really wanted to talk about that joke of an NBA season, the way it finished. So, how's everybody doing? There was an NBA season. Yeah, they finished the season. Uh, I think, uh, I don't remember who won. Was it the Globetrotters? Yeah, I think the Heat ended up winning. Yeah. They beat us. We lost the eventual NBA champions, at least, you know? Yeah. The only thing I remember is that Paul George sucks. That's literally it. Other than that, nothing else even matters. I took nothing else away from that postseason. No, I mean, it was an unforgettable postseason. I mean, there were some good games. I didn't really watch much after the Pacers lost. Of course, I bet on some games. Uh, That was about it, though. I didn't get interested in watching the games. Um, And you could see the NBA ratings. I mean, they took a complete hit, probably because football and everything else is going on at the same time. But... uh, there was a lot of people in our shoes who probably normally watch basketball who were like, "Yeah, I don't really care about this." Yeah, I think just the aftermath of getting swept out of the playoffs for what the third time in the last four years. Yeah, pretty much just put a damper on the whole thing. I tuned into some elimination games here or there, but once football started, it, it kind of took a back seat. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some topics here. I know Hawk has promised he's got some hot takes, and uh, we definitely have to discuss Edmund Sumner, the ass tat. We haven't actually discussed that on air yet. That happened after our last episode, which was funny because the last episode we recorded was the day before my kid was born, and I remember that <laughs> night I got yelled at by my wife or something. We were in a big fight, and then 12 hours later, less than 12 hours later, my kid was born, so... Uh, very interesting few three months. We haven't just been sitting around doing nothing. Um, we've been busy, guys. I know Hawks finishing up the farming season. Um, he's a busy guy. So, 
Uh, anyways, first topic here, Pacers, new head coach. Uh, they ended up firing Nate McMillan. You've heard all the the talking points on that and everything. Uh, but they ended up long coaching search. They interviewed dozen candidates, probably more than that, uh, at least a dozen candidates that I think that I saw. Um, but they ended up going with an unknown guy, Nate Bjorkgren. Now that's going to be a hard name to say. We're just going to call him bald. I mean, he's he's pretty much. It's going to be hard because his name's Nate. Um, he's white Nate. Yeah, he's white Nate, <laughs> and he's bald. Um, so hired as the new Pacers coach. Uh, like I said, tons of people interviewed for the job. They had uh, Chauncey Billups, who was a candidate. Chris Finch from the Pelicans, Dan Craig, uh, Chris Quinn, both of those guys from the Heat, Dave Yeager, that would have been bad, and uh, Mike D'Antoni was also a name that came up. So I got some details here on Nate, on new Nate, but what were your guys' thoughts when you first saw that news broke? I mean, the name had been floated out there before, but it didn't really seem like he was going to end up getting the job based on reports we were hearing before he was hired. Yeah, so I'll give you my gut reaction and then the reaction after I saw the press conference. The gut reaction was, who in the fuck is this white Nate walking in with the same name, a nobody? We waited all this time, the D'Antonio hype, and we got white Nate. Now, I know he comes from a successful organization, yada, 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 but he's still an unproven guy. And until he proves anything, in my opinion, I'm still blah about the hire. Now, after watching the press conference... I think Pritchard said all the right things. They took their time. He talked to the All-Stars. He loves his energy. He seems like a guy that's going to be able to get along well with you know our talent, talent in the NBA in general. His play style, when asked if he was more of a Houston Rockets spectrum or the way things have been going spectrum, he said he's definitely more towards the Houston Rockets spectrum of basketball. And, you know, a lot of his philosophies seem to be new age. So that I'm somewhat excited for. But again, who the fuck is this guy? We waited all this time for a no-name guy, and time will tell. But I'll tell you, I'm not that excited about it to start. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that it's, it's, it's not an inspiring hire, I guess. Um, when you see initially that they hired white Nate, uh, and I'm not even going to try to screw up his last name. It's just not worth it yet. We'll we'll all be cussing his last name at some point, but white Nate. uh, One thing I did like about him was he he has some, some coaching experience in the G league, which um, it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of dumb, but I like those guys that can, that can actually coach. And I say that because you got teams like the, like the nets that go out and hire guys like, like you know, Steve Nash and and these guys that aren't really proven, and you know, you don't really know if Steve Nash has any experience and can he really coach the game? He was a great player, a good commander on the floor, but can he coach? Uh, it's kind of like what it's how I would have felt if we would have hired Chauncey Billups. Um, I think it's a great sign that they went out and hired a guy with actual coaching experience. I mean, you don't just get all the best players in the G League; like you actually have to coach and you have to try to scheme and win. And I think that kind of fits with what, we, what we're trying to accomplish here in Indiana, at least for the near future. Um, I also like that he mentioned in the press conference that he was more he, he wanted to err on the side of more up and up tempo approach, but he didn't want to he didn't want to exactly say that he was going full Houston Rockets. 
And so I think somewhere, if we could be in terms of pace of play, I think with our roster, uh, how it is right now, I think somewhere around maybe uh, the 10 range in terms of pace of play, how quickly we're getting shots up, I think that would be great to start out with. But I think more than anything, this signals that the Pacers uh, hired the guy they wanted. And after an extensive amount of research, they were able to kind of compare notes. And this is the guy they came up with. And uh, I was really happy to see that he didn't want to do a lot of crazy stuff defensively. Uh, he was willing to switch up defenses and not just run man and get stagnant with it. So I think Hockey hit the nail on the head by saying he's a new age coach. And uh, I, uh, I want to see what White Nate's got. I, I do think that uh, this coach maybe signals uh, a change in the roster uh, to come, but um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that extensively throughout the offseason. So I was, I was not inspired by the hire, but I felt better about it after watching the press conference. And, you know, uh, being a Cleveland Browns fan, I, I get to see all kinds of press conferences with new head coaches. I actually thought that was a good one for the Pacers. So um, take that for what it's worth, a guy with a lot of experience. So. Yeah, other than Bob Kravitz getting uncomfortably close to the camera all the time, I think it was a great press conference all around as well. But a lot of the questions he was asked about the two bigs specifically, Miles and Domas, he made it seem like he was going to try to make it work and try to keep Victor around. So I I don't know, are we going to have the same roster basically? I mean, are we going to hopefully add a couple pieces? But is anything really going to change? Because something's on the floor – you know, can't really be fixed situationally and rotationally, I don't think, with personnel. So I, I'm a little less optimistic now, but I guess we're just going into the offseason, so I we think, will see here soon. I think that's kind of just coach speak there. I mean, they're on the roster yeah. right now. They don't know what's going to happen. So um, I think this is just him saying, you know, we're going to, this is what we have right now. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, it's not going to work. And he's not going to come out and say, yeah, Oladipo's gone. We're trading his ass. So um, I don't think he was completely – I mean, on a, if, if he gets dealt with the front office, brings that to him to start the season, he'll try to make something work. But I don't – I think they're going to be looking at, you know, ways to change up this roster because, as we all saw, as the season ended up, and I, I know Sabonis wasn't playing, I mean, something's got to be done. So um, I, I think that – Hopefully, we're going to see an active offseason, as, as short as it might be. But here's some more uh, little tidbits on uh, White Nate, as we're going to call him, because it's a lot easier to say that. Um, extensive history in the G League. I think we kind of hit on that. Um, he ended up, he won a championship in the G League. Nick Nurse was the head coach in the G League, um, and he was an assistant there. And I believe Nurse also coached him when he, he was in college. So they have been together for, you know, a long time. Um, And then obviously the last couple seasons he's been with the Raptors, they won an NBA title. Um, He was an assistant coach with the Phoenix Suns for, uh, I believe, two two seasons. And uh, he coached TJ Warren. So he's got experience coaching TJ. So those two know each other. Um, Big on the offensive side of the ball. I think they – I had seen people mention that he was, you know – a big key in improving Toronto's offense. Obviously, your offense is going to prove when you have Kawhi Leonard, but uh, they were in the top 15 uh, in offense the last two seasons, something the Pacers could never even dream of under Nate McMillan. Um, and then some other things that I liked from his press conference, some of the media that was there had reported this online, things that he said. Um, offensive side of the ball, weak side movement, different guys handling and pushing the ball. 
Uh, he emphasized more possessions and utilizing the free throw and three-point line. So like a complete 180 of Nate McMillan's offense right there, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, at one point we were last in the league from the free throw line attempts or makes or something like that, like yes. halfway through the year. It was a very sad stat to even like get mentioned all the time. But as far as anything else from him in the future, I think his relationship with TJ Warren's going to help, you know, right away maybe get some credibility in the locker room with some guys so i think that's important but other than that we'll see with white nate like you said yeah i'm i'm excited I, at first i was kind of thrown off by the news I, I wasn't really sure what to think of it but i mean i'm glad they took their time with the interview they interviewed a lot of candidates and uh they didn't just rush into a hire like they did last time uh, didn't even interview anybody else besides McMillan. They kind of just, you know, went into it with uh, with uh, hiring McMillan right after they fired Vogel. So uh, the Pacers, this was their real first coaching search, um, really since back when when they hired Jim O'Brien, which is kind of scary to say. Uh, Frank Vogel took over midseason, so there wasn't really any interview there. It was just based on his results. So. Uh, the other thing here with the coaching staff, another thing I wanted to hit on was um, obviously with you know a new coach coming into town, they're going to talk about bringing on new assistants. Um, I don't think any of us are going to shed a tear uh, having Popeye Jones or Bill Bano leaving the team. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Popeye memes and uh, you know the jokes, those are pretty good, and he's a nice guy. Um, there is rumors though. And obviously a lot of Pacers fans are turned off by this news. It doesn't really bother me too much, but uh, there's rumors that Dan Burke, uh, I believe Scott Agnes had reported this, that he might not, or that the Pacers are leaning towards him not returning. And Burke has been with the Pacers uh, since about the mid-90s, so he's been there for you know 20-plus years with the team, survived many coaching changes. It's kind of interesting to hear, you know, They've been saying that, you know, he's been the kind of the defensive anchor, the the defensive guru for the team, um, and they're willing to let him go. So are there any assistant coaches out there that, you know, people available off the top of your guys' head that you would been, be interested in coming, coming over here or anything like that? Or do you think uh, – are you sad about Dan Burke leaving, I guess is my question on the, on this point. I'm not excited about Burke leaving because by all things that we hear, he's a great defensive-minded coach, and I think that's probably an asset on any NBA team. But at the same time, I think if you want a complete culture change, something completely new, maybe it's in your best interest to get him out of there. You know, He's been there for a while. He's proven with the right personnel we can be a really efficient, good defensive team with his tutelage. A uh, big word there <laughs> for uh, Jake looking at me all seductive like but at the same time i really don't know or i really don't care that much that dan burke's leaving it an assistant defensive coach i mean does it make that big of a difference i have a hard time believing coaching defense is that hard it seems to be the only thing we've been able to do for a long time and you know vogel had a lot of you know good principles obviously he got the lakers team to play defense so i think what he brought was a little underrated so maybe Old What's His Nuts is a little overrated as well. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dan. He's been here damn near 30 years in Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> Old What's His Nuts. <laughs> um, I think if you really read between the lines on all this stuff, I think it just proves that, that we're heading in a new direction. And we, we've needed to clear some stuff out in Indiana. And we really do. 
I don't know that maybe start over because I, I think we could do a quick rebuild and it's not even a rebuild, more of a reload and retool. And uh, I think, you know, I, everyone respects Burke and what he's done for our culture in Indiana. I mean, he's, he's obviously a great defensive coach, but by, by moving on from him, we're just kind of saying it's time for, it's, it's the start of something new to, to steal a line from a, a high school musical. Uh, it's the start of something new, uh, and I think that uh, it, it just it represents the fact that that we maybe this is the end of the two big men. Um, and just hear me out on this because uh, the whole thing was we, we got to have Miles in there to block shots. We got to protect the rim. I mean that was kind of a Dan Burke thing. We always got to have Miles in there when it was clear that Domas was the overall better player, and so maybe getting him out of there, moving to this up tempo. Uh, this more up tempo style, um, how we want to play, saying we want to be closer to the Houston Rockets. Um, the fact that we just hired this guy that really we hadn't heard of, and he wasn't really—I'm um, not going to say he wasn't highly sought after—but he wasn't one of those guys that was like, "Oh my God, the Lakers might hire this guy." You know what I mean? Like he, he's a relative unknown. And so I think this new direction we're going—if you read between the lines—we're going to start moving, hopefully, towards a retool and reload. And um, I'm I'm ready for it. I get a lot of respect to Dan Burke, but it's time it's time for something new in Indiana. No words for Popeye from either of you. Oh, Popeye, his name is kind of like an alliteration of his life. You know, his eye kind of is popping one direction, and you can't really tell who he's looking at. So I could see how like maybe his coaching message could get confused in that locker room. So <laughs> get Popeye out of here. I've seen him at, uh, you know, the pool. There's What's that pool in Indy everyone goes to? But I don't know what it's – I forget what it's called at the top of my head. But I saw him there once. He looked like he was having a good time. Let him go. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. And the MLB playoffs are just wrapping up. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, moving on here uh, to our next topic. We like White Nate. I think most of us are in favor for him, uh, favor of him being the coach. So uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, results will happen uh, on the court this season and in the years to come. So uh, next topic here, as I said, uh, kind of a, a rumor that's been going around. Uh, not really many rumors are rumors out there you could trust Pacers wise but let's go ahead and talk about it because there's not much to talk about right now in the Pacers world so uh, reports are indicating that the Pacers have interest in making a deal for Gordon Hayward Hayward has a player option for this upcoming season of 34 million dollars he most certainly is going to pick that up uh, recently Hayward and his family purchased a I believe it was a 3 million dollar home in Fishers and there are reports of mutual interest between the two parties. Um, so we all know about his gruesome injury back in uh, 2017. Uh, since then, he's been quite injury prone, missing you know several games over the last two seasons and missing some playoff games this past season. 
but all of his numbers uh, last season went up. Uh, he improved points per game from 11.5 the year before to 17, 17.5 last season. Uh, also improved his rebounds per game and assists per game. Um, so he was playing alongside, you know, Jalen, uh, not Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, they were the two, th- the three and four on that team. Um, so uh, I think kind of the idea is people have talked about, you know, Oladipo trading him in a package for him. Who knows about that? But I think uh, another idea was flipping Miles Turner and maybe like a contract like for Jeremy Lamb for him uh, in the offseason. So uh, what are your thoughts on Gordon Hayward bringing him back? Uh, do you think he would be a good fit here uh, with the Pacers? I'd say maybe, but, you know, I'm kind of sick and tired of chasing, you know, the Hollywood storyline, you know, the good Indiana homegrown team idea. When I see Gordon Hayward play last year and his inconsistencies especially stand out, he's not a guy worth $34 million. I don't give a shit that he missed a shot at Lucas Oil. It would have been the greatest basketball shot of all time. He led Butler to – he only was on one of those national championship runner-ups, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care that he led him to that. Him and Brad Stevens are buddies. I don't see Stevens signing off on Gordon Hayward leaving. Maybe it's out of his control, but I I don't know. What do you guys think about that specifically? But other than that, I'm not crazy about the idea. So my fear is is that we, like Hawk says, we chase after that that storyline, kind of like what we did with Old Depot, although that did work, but – Oladipo wasn't coming off some gruesome injury that he hasn't like showed that he could be the same. Um, but I think I do think Gordon Hayward could be a good player at thirty four mil. I mean that's like we I would be okay taking that on for one year. The problem is we have to have the sal- salaries to match. And uh, without digging too deep into some of uh, some of our ideas, uh, some off season moves um, that we'd like to see the Pacers make. Um, giving up Miles Turner plus another contract for a, a white forward that has quickly lost his athleticism doesn't exactly entice me. Doesn't exactly. My theory is always uh, all you have to do, you, you, you don't have to have a brain to see the wing players win in the NBA. Okay. The Lakers just won with Rondo and uh, whatever, the, the white dude, Alex Caruso, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know his name, okay? The white dude that everyone seems to love. That was this point guards, and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard were the centers. They won with wing play, okay? And so I, I want wing players that are athletic and dynamic, and I just don't think And because they had two of the top five five players in the NBA. No, I get it. But even, even before that, even if you want to say, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam and, um, you know, all – I mean, it just – if you look at the winners – Obviously, it's LeBron and a bunch of other people, but even the Heat, how did the Heat win? I mean, Bam is good, but Bam also can take people off the dribble. I mean, it's just dumb. Like, you've got to get big players, and I really don't think I really don't think Gordon Hayward is that guy. I don't either. Three years ago, I'm excited. Now, after the past couple seasons, the injury coming back, I think his usage rate would probably go up. He would be featured a lot more without Tatum, without Brown, obviously. So, who knows? But I don't, I don't see that improving our team, taking it to the next step. I just don't see that. Let me ask you this question then: 
which starting five has the best chance of getting to the second round of the playoffs? So remember this. Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. So the starting five now. Now. Or Brogdon, Oladipo, Hayward, TJ Warren, Sabonis. Well, we saw this team just get swept out by the team that made the finals and pretty much dominated most of the Eastern Conference. So it's hard to make the argument right now, but I still think it's our current team because I think that team is better currently. But I think it's close. I don't think it's that much of an improvement either way. I agree with Hawk. I think for me personally, I'd rather have team number two with, with Hayward just because like, I truly believe in in the uh, forward and wing play, but God, that's not, so I'm not excited about that. Like I'm not like super excited about it at all. I'd rather see other moves be made later, but um, we'll save that for, for a different uh, topic down the road. But yeah, I just, Gordon Hayward, I mean, he's interesting. He's, he was dynamic. He was heading towards being very dynamic before the injury. Um, but he's just kind of like the fourth or fifth option on that Boston Celtics team. Maybe he still has it. I don't know, but I haven't seen it yet to warrant $34 million on the payroll. All right. Well, kind of keeping that trade idea here, we're going to get into some Victor Oladipo talk because obviously it's a big talking point heading into this offseason and, you know, the season coming up. But we really have no update on Oladipo and his desire to stay with the Pacers after next season. He's still under contract for one more year. Uh, rumors are the Pacers are uh, looking around the league and potentially seeing the interest that may currently be there for him. Uh, but at this point in time, as we all know, his trade value isn't skyrocketing. So uh, Oladipo, um, he's had plenty of opportunities to downplay these rumors. Uh, that he does, in fact, want out. Um, but he repeatedly has not taken the time to do so. And this next sentence that I have written down here kind of seems like I, it's a joke, but a month ago he was on Fat Joe's podcast. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> and he stated that he can't control rumors. Um, I predict that Oladipo will be in a Pacers uniform to start the season. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, but he definitely can control these rumors by coming out and saying something. Um, he's just choosing not to do so. Um, I mean, you can pretty much control anything that in that situation. You, He's, he's the person that controls it, is my point. But anyways, what do you think about that, the Fat Joe podcast? Any thoughts on Fat Joe, first off? Uh, and... Victor Oladipo, and I know we were kind of discussing this earlier, but that'll probably be on a later show is trade ideas. But uh, any deals out there right now that you might like, um, you don't have to give them to me now because, like I said, we'll be talking about it you know, later on in another episode. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, as far as Fat Joe, I mean, shout out Fat Joe. Somehow still being relevant in 2020 to a certain extent to get Oladipo on the podcast, something we have not been able to do. But at the same time, I also think it's kind of a farce because he's not really fat anymore. You know? So it's kind of fucked up as, as a fat guy myself to still go by the title Fat Joe. So I'm out on Fat Joe just for that reason alone. And as you said with this podcast that they had with Oladipo, 
you know, I'm, I'm completely soured on Oladipo ever since the whole, you know, flip-flopping with the bubble and then, you know, at times looking like he didn't want to be there. You know, what's changed? I mean, we got a new coach, but, like, that's right there. If you're a GM and with any dignity, you're like, well, fuck you. This is the Indiana Pacers. It's not you. You showed us up. We're going to try to get whatever we can out of you. And maybe the market's just not there for them. Maybe it's something that potentially could be done during the deadline. But I'm not 100% convinced that we start the season with Oladipo because if Pritchard has half a brain, we won't, in my opinion. So that's where I stand. Yeah, first off, Fat Joe, what's love got to do with it? Yeah, that's my first Fat Joe song. Um, I think it's called What's Love. But uh, I think it's interesting that he decided to do this on Fat Joe's podcast. Um, very I don't know what went into that. I don't know why Fat Joe called Victor Oladipo. I'd love to know that, that juicy detail of how he got Victor Oladipo on his podcast. Because, I mean, of all the people, you could have given me maybe a thousand guesses as to what podcast Victor Oladipo was on. And I don't think I would have come up with Fat Joe. Well, I really wouldn't have. So, no. um, you know, I, I've, I've been the same. I was very adamant when he was flip-flopping early. I, I was done with him. I was done with him. Um, it's not his team anymore. Um, all these rumors have come out, and I don't think he really has much of a market. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a situation where a team that thinks they can compete uh, gives up a, you know, I think we, we'd probably have to give up more with Oladipo to get a top 10 pick, but uh, without getting, getting too specific, I know we mentioned the Hawks earlier today. If they're looking to actually compete, I'd take six for Oladipo in a second. Um, in a second. And so um, I know some people speculated that maybe the Golden State Warriors would be interested in adding guys like Oladipo, and, but we'd have to take some shit contracts. I don't know. Um, but I want picks. I want wing guys. I want young people. I I want all of it. Um, and so I, I think we have to look to move him. I mean, he's clearly not the player he was. And he, I mean, and Indiana Pacer fans are not dumb. He was our guy because he wanted to be here. And he was from Indiana. He went to IU. And that's why he was our guy. Once this bullshit started where he was flip-flopping, I'm not sure what I want to do, blah, 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 blah. I think he lost his luster. So I definitely think we should look to move him. I'm kind of inclined to believe Chris, though, thinking that he won't be traded. But I'd be looking to move him. I know that for a fact. Yeah, the way the press conference went, it sounded like they had no intentions of moving him and that they're even looking forward to like trying to extend an offer towards him at some point. So we'll see. That could be smoke and mirrors, I'm hoping, because I think Pritchard kind of likes to work in the dark without a lot of you know, media hype or talk around it. He kind of likes to do his own thing and don't really give a shit. And that's what I kind of respect about Pritchard, but at the same time, it's time for results is what I think. So let me ask you this. So we said the trade market's not really good right now for him. Obviously, if we can get a high pick, um, I think it's in our best interest to do so, as we all would agree. But, like, I've seen this trade floating around, and I've said that I would rather just lose him for nothing than take this deal. Uh, It's with the Lakers, so we would be sending Oladipo to the Lakers, and in return we'd receive Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, and a first-round pick, which would be – you know, pretty much a second rounder right there. So I would rather lose him for nothing than that deal, right? Uh, no, get him out of here. It's a first-round pick. It's late. You never know. 
specifically on that. And Danny Green, I mean, he went, he's won two championships in a row. I mean, that in the locker room itself has got to be a bigger, you know, that's got to be an advantage compared to Oladipo, who's a sorry sack of shit moping around acting like he deserves all this money. I think Danny <laughs> Green in that locker room would be better, personally. Danny, no, you guys don't agree? Danny Green would be Electric City in this. I mean, can you imagine him and Doug McDermott just bricking threes for the next, like, eternity? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just put him out there in that second unit and just freaking facilitate. That's Doug all. McDermott. Jay McConnell out there. They'll do all the shooting. They'll do all the missing. We bitch so much. It'd be fucking great. And then we would, we would trade that late first-round pick for 27 second-round picks. And we trade those 27 second round picks for cash. Yep. Dude, the hot dog prices would go down. I mean, it would be I mean, we gotta think long term here, people. But I don't I wouldn't touch Kyle Kuzma with the six foot six foot pole, maybe even a sixty foot pole. I think he sucks. I think he's become a prima donna. Um, if you've listened to Tommy G's podcast, uh, Conspiracy Theory podcast, you know that um, unfortunately uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma apparently has, has gone to the dark side. I can't go too far into it. But basically, Kyle Kuzma is very close to LeBron if he catch my drift. That's all I'm saying. I will never listen to that podcast, so I'll just take your word for it. I, I'm assuming they're close. <laughs> I can't believe he just plugged Tommy G. Are they like in love or something? Like, um... Hey, hey, there's the red pill and there's the blue pill. You choose which one you take, man. Take All, right. All right. Um, I oh yeah, you. I lost my train of thought there. But Doug McDermott. I mean, you bring him up. He was so fucking awful in the bubble. I think he hit one three out of like fifty thousand attempts. He's playing in an arena with no fans, and he can't make a wide open three. I mean, it's just embarrassing. I straight up. If you go listen to those podcasts before the bubble, I. I sound like the biggest fudging idiot in the world because I was convinced in that in that in those little gems. I mean, this is this this was Doug McDermott's time to shine. We all know Doug McDermott in like three years is going to be the best YMCA player in America. Like that yeah. is a fact. That is you. No one can. He's he's going to beat LeBron's ass at YMCA basketball. Like he's not even going to be close. So I thought, man. Doug McDermott's going to go into that bubble. He's just going to own everyone's ass. I mean, three ball, three ball, three ball, flick at the wrist, nothing. Like, I was thinking, like, old school Jimmer range at BYU. I mean, it could, that could not be any further from the truth. The coldest, worst take of all time by me. It makes Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, Nick Wright. All look like geniuses. It was the worst call I've ever made, and I will shut the hell up. Doug McDermott's dead to me, and I just can't believe how wrong I was about that. He literally – that was made – the bubble was made for Doug McDermott. Yes. I mean, look what Duncan Robinson did. Duncan yeah. Robinson just made probably $100 million because everyone's going to remember this as being Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Like, just – and Doug McDermott couldn't hit – water if his ass fell out of a boat just embarrassing yeah him and holiday justin specifically both just had a terrible bubble compared to the regular season and that really is what fucked us at the end of the day and that's yeah. really why i've been sour and haven't even gave a shit about basketball for the past couple of months listen up fellas because today we have a new manscape product alert 
Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as possible as your clean shaven pubes. I know, I don't know about you guys, but all the time I feel like I'm cutting in, you know, trimming my nose hair and a couple days go by, I thought I did a good job and all of a sudden I just see this long nose hair just sticking out of my nose, making me look awful. Um, that's what the Weed Whacker's here for. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. The nose and ear, ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I mean, come on. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt a lot worse than nicking your balls. And both of those hurt, believe me. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will even get a replaceable battery or blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long, long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchairmanscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. And the MLB playoffs are just wrapping up. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, moving into a couple notes here uh, before we get into around the association for the first time in a long time. Um, NBA draft is coming up November 18th, so that's the week before Thanksgiving, which is just weird to say. Um, as of right now, we were talking about picks there for a second. The Pacers do not own a first-round draft pick. They gave that last year away for free to the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, we took we took your restricted free agent. Here's a first round draft pick because you chose not to match it, and we want to be on good terms with you. What a stupid decision. I mean, regardless, actually, you know, it was probably you know what? Never mind. It was a good decision because we would have drafted some white guy, the twentieth pick, and he would have been worthless. So never mind. Uh, anyways, upcoming free agents uh, for the Pacers, the big one, Justin Holiday and Jakar Sampson. So on this other note here, I have TJ McConnell. He has a team option for $3.5 million, so the Pacers get to choose whether or not they want to keep him on the roster next season. I think they would be fools not to pick up that option. I don't see it happening. But also a couple years ago, 
I didn't see him declining Lance Stevenson's team option uh, a week after we started this podcast named after him. So um, who knows? Maybe they will decline TJ McConnell's option and look like fools, but I think they pick that up. But anyways, uh, those two free agents, Jakar Sampson, you know, he's he's pretty good. He's got a he's got a good motor. Uh, he's not going to win you. He's not going to be a, a role player on a championship team. But uh, Justin Holiday, really good season. Like you mentioned, not a really good bubble. Uh, but he's a really good guy, a good person to have in the locker room. Um, I think we could all agree that we would love to see him back next season if possible. Yeah, I mean, Jakar's one of those guys he's not going to get a huge offer anywhere else, I don't think. So he's not someone you got to worry about right away. Fill out that roster a little bit, see what moves you can make, and then, you know, maybe a week or two into the the free agency period, that's when you start negotiating with him. Because hopefully I'd never see TJ Leaf again is the plan. So him kind of just morphing those minutes together and he just being that guy. Jakar Leaf, we'll just call him, and he can sit on the bench and come in when people get injured and play well and athletic, hopefully, is what is what my plan is for him. Um, I definitely want to see Justin Holiday uh, coming back uh, in a Pacers uniform. I'm not exactly sure what we'll have to pay for him. I think he might have priced himself up a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be pretty telling what we do with McConnell because I think um, I actually I, I I would personally resign him. I'm not sure the Pacers do. I think the Pacers let him go, free up that 3.5 mil until uh, you know tell Aaron Holiday this is. Here's the keys. It's not a Ferrari. It's not a Mercedes. It's more like a Volkswagen bug. And here's the second unit. You know what I mean? Like, ride it. Let's, let's try to spice up our Volkswagen bug, put some spoilers on it, and go. You know what I'm saying? Let's, but let's doesn't that feel like it would be the wrong choice, that we need that veteran that, you know, oh, he, he, we he, do. I feel like that would just be the dumbest choice ever not to bring back McConnell. Well, I thought it was the dumbest choice ever dropping Lance Stevenson for four mil, too. I mean – I th- the only reason I'm saying that, guys, it's gonna it's gonna give us a little flexibility to possibly make more moves down the road. And no one wanted TJ McConnell last year, so maybe we could sneak in and get him later if one of our trades does not go through. It really depends on how much Justin Holiday is gonna is gonna command. Uh, Jakar, you hit the nail on the head. Hawk, he's maybe one of those guys that we uh, we we wait and see later. But uh, I think. I, I would definitely pick up T.J. McConnell's contract. I definitely would. Well, and also you got to think about Brogdon gets hurt a lot, so you have to have three decent point guards on your roster. No, yeah, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think it might be one of those situations, though, where we don't view him as valuable enough to give him that 3.5 mil up front. We want to play with it. We want to see what we can do with a little bit of cap space. Can we move? Can we take on a bad contract to get a pick? And then if not, then we go get McConnell again, and then we give him $4 million maybe for his troubles. I don't know. But uh, maybe that's bad business, but I, I do think that I would pick it up, but I'm not sure they do automatically. I think yeah. he could still be in a Pacers uniform, but eventually we got to figure out if Aaron Holiday can do it and not just be like a 5-8 a splashing two-guard. I don't, I don't see that working, but whatever. All right. Well, that's all I got there for these first couple segments. And we're going to go into our favorite one here to wrap things up around the association. Hawk's going to get the music cued here in just a second. We'll be right back. Um, Hopefully he's got some hot takes to spew here because I feel like the takes 
have been pretty light so far. I don't feel like he's, you know, he hasn't gotten in anywhere near boiling hot take yet. So hopefully in this next segment he delivers for you guys. Let's go. All right. First topic here. The NBA has produced a ton of coaching hirings uh, this offseason due to the high amount of firings and people let go. Uh, some of the hires listed here, J.B. Bickerstaff. He was promoted to the Cavs head coach. He filled in interim uh, for John Beeline after he stepped down during the season. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is taking over the New York Knicks. Uh, his last job was a few seasons ago with the T-Wolves. Steve Nash getting his first opportunity to join the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And I also saw the report here the last couple days. His former teammate Amari Stoudemire joining him there, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Billy Donovan going to the Bulls. Doc Rivers let go uh, by the Clippers. He joined the Sixers. Ty Lue taking Doc Rivers' place with the Clippers. Of course, we got White Nate here with the Pacers. Uh, and then Stan Van Gundy gets another job. Uh, with the Pelicans still left uh, openings in the NBA are the Rockets and the Thunder. So, I mean, two months out from, you know, when the NBA is looking to start and those two teams still haven't hired a coach yet. So what are your thoughts on these coaching moves? I mean, a lot of, a lot, a lot of coaching movement uh, this off season. Yeah. First off with the Pelicans, I think that's a terrible hire. Just Green. in general, <clears throat> just when you're thinking about the Pelicans, they're young, exciting, and then you hire Old what's is nuts, you know what I'm saying? Another just a recycled that hasn't had a chance in a long time, and now he's back. And the one that's most interesting to me is Donovan with Chicago, probably just because I feel like he's good enough coach. He's better than what they've had in the past, and I feel like he can get him to a point, you know, maybe fringe playoff contingency. It all comes down to personnel with them. They've seemed to be just a terribly run organization since you know the D Rose MVP year. So. Who knows with them, but that's the one I'm most interested in just from like a close proximity. And the big one, Steve Nash, you know, time will tell. Like you said earlier, you know, he's he was a great player in this league, obviously. He's got a good relationship with Kevin Durant, but I hope that just fails in a complete dumpster fire as well, if if I had to hope for something. Any thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I think the I think the I think Donovan Donovan is interesting because you never – I mean, when you have like Russell Westbrook on your team, like, what the hell? And then I actually thought they looked good this year. I, I thought it was interesting. Moving forward, what's, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, I thought I saw – Hawk was frozen on this smile that made him look like the Joker, so I thought maybe I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. But I, I, Billy Donovan was the name that interested me on, on the Pacers initially because I thought he's a good coach. He's proven. He's uh, dealt with an up-tempo offense. But um, as, as far as these other guys, I think Doc Rivers is a retread. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, I'm not sure really what he brings to Joel Embiid and the Ben Simmons relationship. I don't think he's really 
Uh, he's not really known for coaching big guys, even when he was uh, when he was in Boston. I mean, Embiid is different than than Kevin Garnett, uh, and he never had a point guard that couldn't really shoot other than Rondo. But one is a six nine point guard, the other one is like a little baby dinosaur looking thing. So um, I just think I just think overall, I, I would just I don't want the retreads, and I think Hawk, like Hawk said, I mean. Old what's his nuts shouldn't be coaching anymore, and that's that's the attitude I think many NBA teams need. Like Stan Van Gundy, what is what is the Stan Van Gundy love? I mean, everyone's like Stan Van Gundy's awesome, and I realize you know on Twitter he's like famous because he's spewing hot takes, and uh, he seems like a really great guy. I love listening to him on the Dan Levitard show, but like, what's he bringing to Zion Williamson? Because you have Zion, and you're the New Orleans Pelicans, like you gotta win because. Zion could just like leave in a few years. Like he could just walk out and be like, "Peace." I mean, he's already. I mean, that's already happened with Stan Van once with Dwight Howard. Now, granted, I don't think Zion is as uh, is as, is as much of a piece of shit as Dwight Howard ever thought about being. But I I want to see new hires. It's the same thing in football. When your team hires a brand new coach, you you feel like okay, this could be the guy, right? There's no way the New Orleans Pelican fans can think Stan Van Gundy's the guy. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so it's just, I think for us and for the Pacers, I'm very happy with the, the guy that we chose, uh, White Nate, I think, because he could be great. We don't know. But we know Stan Van Gundy's not great. Well, and we know Doc Rivers isn't a great offensive mind or even a defensive mind. He's just the name that's won before because he's had good players. And let's look at Stan Van Gundy. I mean, and he coached Miami, but he had Dwayne Wade and Shaq. Um, and that helps. He ended up... <laughs> You know, I think he got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then uh, Pat Riley fired him and took over, and won, they won an NBA title. Then he ends up in Orlando. He got them to the NBA Finals, uh, but I think Dwight Howard was just having a crazy season then, and, and I mean, that was back when he was just completely dominating the league. Um, and then his last few years with the Pistons, I mean, just completely awful. They gave him, you know, uh, front office um they gave him front office duties. Uh, he made the terrible trade for Blake Griffin. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did not understand this hire whatsoever. I thought Stan was, you know, pretty much done. Um, he did a pretty good job in the broadcast booth. I thought that was something that he would continue to do. And I, I mean, I even have seen Jeff Van Gundy's name thrown out there, and I'm like, why? He hasn't coached in like 15 years. I mean, what 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 are we doing? I mean. So that's why, you know, I'm happy the Pacers went with an unknown guy. I mean, I, I'm a lot more excited, you know, thinking that Nate White Nate's going to be good rather than getting stuck with, you know, Tom Thibodeau and, you know, just knowing what we're going to get. So that's a total Knicks hire, by the way. Um, completely uh, botched that. Um, I mean, Thibodeau had a few few good years with, with the Bulls, but, I mean, come on. Um, I mean, that was just stupid. Anyway. Yeah, Thibodeau, he had Jimmy Butler, who is clearly just a savage, unlike any other player in the NBA, and he completely brought into the Thibodeau system, but I don't know if that works anywhere else. And as far as Doc Rivers, I think we just got to start calling him Glenn. He said that he wanted to be called Glenn because there's only one Doc from Philadelphia. <laughs> so I'm going to hold him to that. I'm calling him Glenn Rivers from now on. The corniest bullshit in, in America. <laughs> it really was, but it, it made me chuckle at the time. I think Julius Irving should call him and be like, are you freaking kidding me? 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, you're not on my freaking planet. Keep my name out your mouth, you little doc. I'm big doc. <laughs> I do see the Sixers being better this year. Brett Brown, as we all know, he was a terrible coach. How good yeah. they can be, I don't know. But uh, I think they're going to – I mean, Doc Rivers obviously is a better coach than uh, Brett Brown. So I think they'll be better this season. Um, but anyways, uh, let's move on here. NBA draft is less than a month away. As I mentioned earlier, it's uh, November 18th. Top prospects include James Wiseman from Memphis, Anthony Edwards out of Georgia, Denny Avdia from Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, and LaMelo Ball, Obi-Wan Toppin from Dayton. Um, So what are your thoughts on this upcoming draft class? I know we kind of talked about the Pacers hopefully moving in uh, to a top position. Let's just assume that they're not going to. I don't know if you guys have dissected anybody in this draft class, but um, a lot of people are saying it's a light draft. Uh, it's you know a year where you don't really want a top ten draft pick. But are there some players here that you guys think are you know going to be stars? I mean, nobody knows. There's not a LeBron James esque guy in this draft. Clearly, um, we didn't have March Madness, so a lot of these guys' stock was unknown. Just think if we didn't have March Madness when Jaw was coming out, he might not have been the second pick. I mean. He clearly should have been and still probably would have been, but as far as public perception, I don't think anybody really had the hype or has the hype going into this year because of that specifically. I mean, Wiseman can be good, but I think he's kind of like a Bagley type. He won't really succeed. There's R.J. Hampton, who's played professional basketball. I think he has the potential to be the best out of the group. Toppin is, you know, in my eyes, more like a P.J. Washington-esque guy. And then LaMelo Ball comes with a little baggage, but I wouldn't want him on my team. And the Pacers not having a first-round pick, I really don't give a shit either way unless we somehow trade up into it. But, you know, the luster, excitement is not there like years past. Now, if you have a team that has one of these picks, you're probably all invested looking up this guy from Taviv and all these other you-know-whos and you know, what's-their-nuts his names and whatever. But for me, the excitement's just not there specifically because of that pick not being there. Yeah, I, I've i been doing a little – I've been doing a little viewing on a couple of guys. I really like – I really like the uh, the kid from from overseas. I think he's actually from Israel. Um, that Denny Ad, Adija, I think is his name. I think uh, – like I said, I've been preaching. I preach, I preach, I preach. Um, forwards, wing guys. Uh, obviously, defensively, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of defensive highlights uh, on on YouTube. But this guy's a playmaker. Um, I really, I really like what he could bring. I actually like Lamelo Ball. Although, if we're talking Pacer specific, I don't see them. Even if they were to trade up in the draft, let's say they traded Victor Oladipo and somehow. And some other bullshit, and we somehow got the number two overall pick. I don't think Lamelo Ball fits because we already have Brogdon. Um, ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. I think that he's very interested as he's a very interesting prospect as well for the Pacers. Um, one guy uh, they seem they seem to really be high on uh, James Wiseman. Uh, the Warriors seem to want him. The Hornets seem to want him. There's talks that the Hornets and uh, the Hornets and Golden State Warriors might even be looking to move up with Minnesota to get him and to secure him. So um, all of that stuff may be, but obviously for us, Anthony Edwards is interesting. He's NBA ready, but he's six five. 
Uh, one guy that I have my or two guys that I have my eye on if they were to slip and fall. One guy he's kind of had fall from grace, but Cole Anthony can really shoot the ball. Had a terrible year year at North Carolina, just absolutely god awful. Um, and, and I think he has the type of he's the type of shooter I'd be looking for um, mid to late lottery if, if he were to fall. Now I like Theo Ma- uh, Maldon as well from France. Um, I think he's he's six five. He has that potential to be a starting point guard in the league, and um, very he's he's interesting in the fact that he is uh, he's only six five, but he plays more like a six seven six eight guard. I would say he, he has a pretty good jump shot from what I could tell, um, and I, I just think he could be a player. So And he, he can really pass. I love the guys that can pass, and so I really think he could be interesting as well. So, Yeah, there's nobody that loves drafts, mock drafts, talking prospects more than Jake Light. That whole time he had his shirt off and he was rubbing <laughs> both of his nipples <laughs> while he was talking about that. You know, I, I agree with you on a lot of those guys. Killing Hayes, too, I think is going to be good, but – Pacers aren't going to get any of them. We don't have a first-round pick. Unless something drastic happens, which I don't see, it sucks. You know, it's not exciting. I got I got a guy in the second round. I got this guy in the second round I've got my eyes on. Uh, he's not sexy by any means. Um, but his name is Nate Hinton. And I uh, I really liked him. I watched him play at Houston. Um, and, I, and I think he, he has potential to, to be a guy that, that would slip into our rotation eventually. He is. I think he's about. He, I think he's six, six, six. Maybe he's six five, six six. But he can really shoot. And I, I watch him. He seemed to have a high basketball IQ. I think right now he's projected to. He might even be projected to go undrafted. But he's a guy that I wrote down uh, during the season that I thought could be interesting for the Pacers. He's kind of. A, yeah, I'm calling more forward in a shooting guard body. But in the second round, he'd be a guy I'd be interested. In. There we go. I like that. All right, uh, according to Insiders, the NBA is targeting December 22nd for the start of next season, so that would uh, hopefully include some NBA Christmas Day games there that we can bet on and have fun with uh, on Christmas Day. But the season's set to feature 72 games and would finish prior to the 2021 Olympics, which got pushed back a year. Uh, the season is planned to be played in arenas and would not feature a bubble-like atmosphere like uh the one in Orlando. Uh, the goal is to finish the season in June like usual and then start off the 21-22 season as normal. Um, unfortunately, though, with uh, the change being made, that likely is going to cancel the 2021 NBA All-Star Game, which would have taken place in Indianapolis for the first time since 1985. Uh, the Pacers, or excuse me, Indianapolis will probably likely uh, go back a couple years, and then I think the next available one is in 2024. So, uh, thoughts on next season? Uh, I know they were originally saying maybe February was going to be the start date. Looks like they're trying to get that pushed up. I know the Lakers are bitching about it, um, but I think I think I think it's a solid play. I mean, bring them back kind of at a normal time. You still get your Christmas Day games, which is a big, you know marketing thing for the NBA. Um, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. And even if you bring it back that early, you could, you know, increase the length of the, the season a couple weeks and maybe have no back-to-backs. Maybe that'll keep LeBron James from bitching and moaning. Probably not, but maybe. 
So as far as Christmas Day games and the season starting back up, I think that's awesome. And like you said, February was what we were hearing originally. So anything that can get us back to normalcy as far as basketball, I'm on board with. And as far as, you know, the All-Star game being canceled, that's kind of a bummer. Because I just envision, you know, Larry Bird driving that Indy car to Commissioner Silver's office in New York City and, you know, getting that bid. And that was kind of an exciting moment. And I was going to try to, you know, at least go to something down there for those. And now another two years, hell, we'll probably all be dead by then. So it's just another a gut punch from coronavirus. Anybody else there? <laughs> Jake, you got anything? Yeah, I just we just can't have nice things in America. Apparently, no. um, I was kind of hoping. I think everyone was kind of hoping this COVID thing would start slowing down, but apparently, it's picking back up. Flu season's getting ready to start, and it's going to be. Uh, is it COVID? Is it the flu? I don't know. Just stuff's coming out of every orifice of my body. You know, it's just no. it's just going to be ugly in America. I have a feeling it's going to be a bad winter. Um, I don't even know if we're going to survive as a species at this point. It, I mean, what's going to happen? I was hoping it was just going to quote unquote go away, uh, just dissolve into the air after uh, after this national election. But I don't think it is. I think we're in for for the long haul. I just saw where Chicago is is kind of re closing things back up. Um, yeah, on Friday. It's getting super duper. It's getting super duper serious again for a lot of people. Uh, we'll see. I hope I hope we can get through it. I really wish I really wish we would get we would have gotten to that All Star game. I would have I would probably would have paid top dollar to get there and watch you know something. Um, and at the very least, I would have I would have went downtown and kind of enjoyed it. So hopefully we can figure out a way to get it back in in Indy. And we have beautiful facilities. I've only been to a couple other uh, basketball arenas, but you know, it's 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 awesome. Banker's life's awesome. So. Uh, unfortunate for us, but COVID nineteen is has is undefeated other than its bout with President Trump, and that's just the way it goes. I, it would really wouldn't it really suck if the the Browns' best NFL season got canceled and stopped? Wouldn't that wouldn't that just be just the heartbreaking? Well, you got to here's the thing: got to realize the Browns. I'm not going to go too far off tangent. We beat nobody, um, and we haven't beat a team that's even average. Um, I think the best team we beat is uh, I don't maybe even the Dallas Cowboys at this point. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we beat. I was at the oh, I was at a game we beat the, we beat the pants off the Colts. Mm. Other than that, that's the only thing I can think about. So I think I've won my Super Bowl. That's probably the best I'll ever get in my life as a Browns fan. So I'm just going to shut up and enjoy it. Good. Well, you guys are bringing up all this pessimistic stuff. There is good news, I guess, if you want to look at it this way. That asteroid could hit Earth the day before the election. So we, oh. we could all just be wiped wiped out before, you know, we have to keep dealing with this. I yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Hawkeye. No, I, I had nothing to even say. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it's I'm so ready for the election just to be over at this point, just because like my, my Twitter timeline is just, it's 97% of it is just like debates, presidential shit. Like you don't hear people talking about it as much, but you get around election time that everyone's experts and I'm just ready for it all to be done. I'm going to vote for who I vote for. And I just hope Joe Jorgensen can pull it out. Yep, I hope Kanye gives a good run for his money on my end. All right, last topic here. Uh, 
in around the association on this date, eight years ago in 2012, the Oklahoma City Thunder broke up their young big three of Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden by trading Harden to the Houston Rockets. In return, the Thunder acquired Kevin Martin, current Pacer, Jeremy Lamb, and two first-round picks. Those first-round picks became Steven Adams and Mitch McGarry. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably one they'd want to have back, but, you know... They made a string of bad decisions, you know, ending with Paul George, in my opinion. So, who knows? I think they're they're straightened up, and I think the Thunder is going to be a decent team next year. But who knows? I mean, that's revision. That's that was a crazy moment in NBA history when those three were going at it, and they were up three one, and everyone was going crazy. So, a little bit of revisionist history, or a little bit of reflection, I guess. Um. Would you guys, so I'm going just a teeny tiny bit off track. Would you guys have any? Apparently, they're saying that James Harden could be available. Would you be interested in the Pacers going out and getting a guy like that, a little whiny ass bitch? Sure, why not? I know you would love watching James Harden play. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> would you want James Harden? Yeah, he's a top five, top ten player. Write that down on the topics for next time. We got. We're gonna have to argue this. Just think about the games where he's going off, and we're beating the shit out of the games that it works. It's gonna be fun to watch. The games <laughs> that it doesn't, that's gonna be hell on earth. But I mean, we're gonna have some fun games. And guess that. what? He's gotten to the Western Conference Finals in the West. Imagine what he could do in the East. If we get to a Eastern Conference Finals, that's a championship season for Pacers fans because we ain't getting back to the NBA Finals anytime soon. Give me an Eastern Conference Finals appearance and I'm happy. Yeah, I think, but here's the problem though. When you put our recent playoff success with James Harden's recent playoff debacles where he basically doesn't even get off the bus... Like, could, could it be one of those things where both of us just exercise our demons and become the greatest team in the history of the NBA? Now you're thinking, I think you at least got to give it a shot. You can't turn full anti-Pacers if it happens right away. You got to let it play out and see what happens, because that's a very well a possibility. No, no, no. I'm going to be, you guys are going to love the move. I'm going to be completely against it. It's going to make for a great podcast. Someone's going to be wrong. Someone's going to be right. And that's the beauty of the business. It'll make them relevant, too. Like, that'll make them, you know, more relevant in the eyes of national media, which is always that give-and-take Pacers fans have because we feel like we don't give enough, get enough attention. Well, we don't have the star power, so that's one of the reasons. Yeah, quick question. What do you guys think Mitch McGarry's doing right now? He's got to be, like, watching. He's got to be, like, running for... Beat-ups is my guess. (laughs) Is there any chance he's not at a MAGA rally right now? (laughs) He did have that one good uh, NCAA tournament where he had like 18 rebounds. Remember that? Yeah. He basically turned in an NCAA performance, and he was like, at one point, he was like the number one overall prospect in his class. Yes. And I remember. From Indiana. To, yeah, he was supposed to be the truth, and now he uh, he's a footnote in a James Harden trade that just makes everyone say, ooh, that's disgusting. Yeah, he's probably losing his teeth messed out in, like, East Chicago, Indiana or something. So we wish him the best. I'm on, Wik- I'm on Wikipedia right now, and it says professional career. So obviously that didn't last long. It's a couple paragraphs. Um, and then actually live in the 
the same apartment complex as Sabonis. They just rip cigs all day. <laughs> Both left-handed too, just hand each other cigs, just ripping them. So it says in 2017, <laughs> he returned to bowling, a sport of his youth and that his mother yeah. competed at for 29 years, but still felt more basketball might be in his future. Well, that didn't happen. He's also an avid skateboarder with a set of skateboard ramps built by his father in his backyard. (laughs) There's no way. Have you guys ever seen a smooth left-handed bowler? I'm trying to think. Not off the. I've oh, I've been bowling maybe six times in my life. So no. Oh oh, here we go. Oh. February 13th. Here's an article uh, that says former NBA basketball player Mitch McGarry. Is helping start a cannabis business in Buchanan, Michigan, that oh, says will open in a few yeah. months. That probably didn't work out too well because, like I said, dated on February thirteenth, right before the whole COVID shutdowns came in place. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just got bad luck. Yeah, I'm looking at if you Google image search Mitch McGarry the bowling. The second picture is him with the biggest apparatus used for inhaling marijuana I've ever seen. And he's in some Jesus Christ flip flop ones, so he's definitely had an interesting life. And you know, maybe a Turner Lifetime movie about Mitch McGarry is what we all need. I think we need to come up with like the top, like each of us come up with five like random NBA players that were like supposed to be good, and they never turn out to be anything. And like, what were they doing now? And just kind of like fill some time with that next he time. He would be on the list. Anthony Bennett's got to be on that list. Oh, I think it would be a great segment because, like, I completely forgot Mitch McGarry even existed. Now I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at stuff about him online. AJ Hammonds, whatever happened to him? Oh yeah, <laughs> AJ Hammonds. In a couple years, we'll have Caleb Swan again. We'll have to check out what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. Kirk Haston. Ooh. Tom Coverdale. Yeah, I can't think of anyone right now. I'm glad we never got into the Edmund Sumner tattoo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go here. So, uh, everybody that you know follows us on Twitter knows the deal. People that maybe are religious listeners to our podcast, all two of them out there, they know. About a year and a half ago, you said when the Pacers signed Edmund Sumner to a three-year contract extension that you would get an ass tat of his face. If he scored 15 points in a game this season, as we all know, you had a couple times during the season where it could have hit. Uh, there were a couple games where he had like nine points in the first half. I think one game he had 11 points in the first half. Didn't score another point in the second half. Um, so we got all the way to March. NBA season gets suspended. You think you're in the clear because, well, there's probably no more NBA games to be played. I think you were probably one of those. What You were probably for them canceling the season. You were probably a big supporter of that. Uh, NBA season comes back, eight-game regular season. Sumner, I believe, in the last game, second-to-last game, scores over 15 points. Okay. So second-to-last game scores 15 points, uh, and and you got to get an ass tat of them now. So so when's that happening? Yeah, talk about the most worthless game to get it in. You know, the bubble – one of those last couple games where we had some injuries and I didn't want to count it, you know, but I'm a man of my word. So I said then and there that I would get the tattoo this winter. My job requires a lot of sitting day to day, which, you know, I'm somewhat (laughs) thankful for, but 
I can't be sitting on, you know, another man's face right now. You know what I'm saying? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta wait till the winter when I don't have to sit as much. So maybe I can lay down, give it a few days rest on the old rumpus bumpus, and I'm gonna get that man's face on my tat or ass on. You know what I meant? I'm gonna do that this winter, and I cannot wait. I'm actually not that excited for it, but it'll probably be after Christmas. And I'll send out a picture. I'll send a picture to you guys of my ass. I'll make sure I get my balls in there so I can see them kind of dangling at, underneath the tattoo. <laughs> make that'll sure be, uh, and that'll be that. Debt will be paid. And I think Jake still needs to walk somewhere or do something. I can't remember what was supposed to be going down with that. I, I think that he's he doesn't have to because Goga – he wasn't good this year. I mean, yeah, come nobody on. cares about Go. You don't have to do that bet strictly because it's if it was anyone else, you would. But Goga's not even worth it. It's not even no. worth wasting our breath on. But that's why I made the bet. <laughs> that's why I made the Sumner bet because I thought he sucked so. Which he did. He was terrible. He sucks. We should not keep him. I think. I think what we need to do is. I think there's a real shot. Edmund Sumner's not doing anything this this off season. Surely, no. I mean, I say we, I say we slide in his DMs and explain the situation. See if he'll come with you to get your ass tattered with his face. <laughs> I mean, you guys, yeah, you guys can reach out, see if he'll do it. There's no way in hell he's going to drive to Kokomo, Indiana, and sit there and stare at my ass while a guy mimics his face onto an ass. <laughs> I mean, I can't see anybody doing that, especially a pro NBA player. But maybe I'm wrong. Have you been scoping out like? Have you been Google searching him and, and finding good pictures of him online? Like, because I mean, that's going to be a forever face on your ass. So are you going to get him like smiling, serious face? Have, have you thought about that? Well, I got a, I got what I would consider a dumper. So I think if I, if you spread my cheeks, there's a lot of area between, you know, the top of my butt and it goes down to my hole. So that little like couple inches there, I'm gonna try to maybe spread that out, and we're gonna get the tattoo in that certain area right by the hole because I think that's where Edmund Sumner deserves to be. And then from there, when my cheeks are folded together and maybe I'm standing, you can barely see it. Maybe I can say it's something else. So that's the plan as of now. If Sumner wants to come join, he's welcome. This that's a terrible plan. <laughs> and just envisioning know. that in my head, I mean that that description you just gave. <laughs> listen here's why that's a terrible plan because he is an african-american male and if it's like colored in you don't want that color by your ass right mm. so you think i should do blackface on my ass is what you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> yes I also, i'm telling you we need to play this and say and just get with edmund summer and say edmund you get to pick out the ass tat yeah i do we ever specify how big it has to be? I was I was thinking at least one cheek big. No, <laughs> no, I'm thinking <laughs> that'll be like six hundred bucks. I'm Dude, thinking like an inch. An inch. I'm thinking like so. If we're using this, this key fob as a reference, see that could kind of slot. You know, those are the cheeks I was talking about right in there. <laughs> so I'm thinking about maybe a little smaller than this. Just something where you know it's there. Hey, as long as you get, as long as you have his face on your ass, I don't really care. Anywhere on your ass, 
it's it's your ass, your decision. And after a week, if it doesn't hurt, I've never. This is my first tattoo, so I don't have any tattoos. I don't know the pain threshold I have. It's an interesting first tattoo to get. And if anybody asks me if I have tattoos from here on out, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna lie about this tattoo. So going forward, I don't have a tattoo still. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Would you Would you rather get a tattoo of Edmund Summers' face on your ass or get a a teardrop tattoo? On your face. Ass. Yeah, ass. That's it. not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> you wait. You wouldn't. I I like my ass. I don't want to de you know deface my ass. I don't. I think that's a bad call. I think you I work like, with children in a school. Oh, and you're on your teardrop tattoo. <laughs> I mean, you're, that's going to raise some red flags. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't say like it'd be ideal, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the type of school, like in, in the way schools are going these days, it's good to have a little street cred, if you know what I mean. So, like, yeah, I can see that. Delight. I mean, look at that. Look at that little tattoo he's got there. He killed the last fourth grader that came came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's enough ass talk for the night. <laughs> um, but, anyways, any any more hot takes or anything before we wrap up this first episode we've had in, in months? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I saw it. It's giving you a nice look at the canvas to end the show. Yeah, there there was an ass on, on my computer screen to end the show, so I'm going to assume that's a hot take right there. So, uh, yeah, we're back, so don't know our complete schedule going forward, but we're going to record when we can, and obviously when there's new news coming out, when the off season, you know, starts, obviously we're going to have an episode then uh, discussing big deals and anything like that that might happen. We'll have an episode for sure around the draft. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to, you know, keep going as is. And uh, you will hear from us a lot sooner than you heard from us during this three-month hiatus. So, appreciate you guys listening. You guys have a good rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Go Devil Rays. Peace.